Welcome everyone to another episode of VAR at the Bar. This is another side episode of our post-match pint series and the first episode of 2024. My name is Chris and tonight I'm with Sam. How are you, mate? I'm alright, mate. How are you? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. And also, glad to have Alex on the show again from Stuart Our Pod. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. No problem at all. I'll just go through the admin. And that is, if you want to comment on any of our on the podcasts, um, just set, send us a quick message at VAR at the bar 2022 on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. So, we're about exactly halfway through the season. So, I thought it'd be good catch up for us all um, just to do a bit of a review, really, and just see what your opinions are on how the, how everything's going and also a top 10 of the best um, 10 players this season, in your opinion, which I hope will be quite diverse. They normally are, so that's yeah. all right. Right then, I mean, the first thing I'll start off with is there hasn't been as many sackings as it normally has, there normally is at this time of year, is there? been two. So... I wonder if uh, a lot of teams took on uh, what Forrest did last year, um, Cooper now, but um, last season they stuck with him and they stayed up, so um, maybe teams are sort of thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking that. I mean, what, what's your opinion? Do you think uh, Heggingbottom had to go first off Sheffield United, obviously? I mean, what could he do there? They've not, you know, they haven't got any money. They had to let two of their best players go at the start of the season. They'll finish bottom of the league, I think. You know, they've not got much hope, and you know, whoever who came in in the end, I, I, I don't know. Uh, Chris Wilder, He's gone Chris forward. Wilder, yeah, came the in. Second stint there now, I think. Yeah, it's a hard job. It's a really hard yeah. job. Um, you know, yeah. hopefully they do all right because you don't want to see teams falling way behind. You want to see a bit of competitiveness in the in the relegation fight. So hopefully he can turn them around a little bit and they can, you know, challenge to stay up. Your opinion on that, Sam? When we did a preview, I think we probably had them all bottom, or at least all relegated. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it was on a hard into nothing, and they lost one game, eight 0 wasn't it? So mm-hmm. at, at home, Newcastle, yeah, it was a great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he survived a while after that. So yeah, but it, I yeah. think that was always going to happen, unless they did amazingly. That was always going to happen. I think not enough on that from Davis. It's Isak. Never in their history has it been this bad on their own patch for Sheffield United. And Steve Cooper then, which you obviously mentioned briefly there, uh, losing his job at Forest. What do you reckon to that? Do you think that was a fair um, fair sacking or not? We'll go with Sam to start off with. Maybe not, but... I get the impression their owner wanted to sack him maybe even as much as like a year ago. Yeah. Maybe even sort of start of last season. You know, he's spent a lot of money. He's, I think he wants Forrest to be like competing at the top. Well, I think Cooper did a good job keeping him up. They were kind of a bit drab, I think. Oh, but Nuno's come in and he's, well, they lost the first game, but since then they've done pretty well. Yeah. And every time I saw him under Cooper, like I saw him beat Villa, but Villa absolutely battered him. It was, mm. it was just Martinez had 
the probably the worst game of his career, mm -hmm. I would imagine. Yeah. What about you? You are. What's your opinion on it? Yeah, I think um, what Sam's saying about him, maybe wanted to sack him a year ago, but maybe there wasn't anyone that he could get in at the time and maybe had Nuno in mind for this time round, maybe approached him before he sacked Cooper and realised that he could get someone decent in because I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like now that they're, you know, now they've been in the Premier League for two seasons, it's probably a bit more of an attractive job. Whereas, you know, it's like now, go, you know, Sheffield United when, you know, when the manager got sacked, it's not an attractive job because the bottom of the league first year in the, you know, they're expected to go down. So Forrest now, I think there's that, there are three teams worse off than yeah. Fox, so it's a bit more of an attractive job. But they're doing well, as, as you say, when as, as Nuno's come in, he's doing he's doing well. So and they have got a good team; they've got some really decent players. So I have to agree with you. I think there were some other small issues with a couple of the players. I think he fell out with. I think he fell out with yeah. captain and um, another one he sent into the under twenty ones as well. Yeah. I think you and, can just tell like there are players they brought in. It's it was yeah. always going to something's going to you know. Because yeah. the manager can't have wanted all these players, couldn't he? Half those yeah, players. No, no, fair assessment. Um, about assessments, I'll go with some first. And I'm going to talk about your beloved Leicester. Mm -hmm. oh, obviously, I know we, we, we're obviously focusing on prem, Premier League, but I, I think they've had a good start. So I think I'll give you a couple of minutes just to go through um, how you think they've gone. Well, I'm a pessimist. So despite the fact we've some sort of record-breaking start. I'm still not counting my chickens yet, but I mean, it, it arguably couldn't have gone much better so far, but that's the problem. Once you get yourself in a situation like this, this is where you start getting like, oh, well, we should do it now. It's got to happen now. And like, if you ask any neutral, they'll be like, well, Leicester's gone. I don't want to sort of like... Except, until it's sort of like mathematically or at least sort of a position where it would take... I mean, even that would take a pretty big. It would. We'd probably about have to be like. I think for one, ten more games would probably be fine. But considering we've won something like twenty out of twenty-five, it should be there. But you know, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I know. I've been watching um, a bit of Leicester, uh, especially over Christmas, and they're playing really good football. Yeah. You know that. It's like watching a Premier League. Well, it is like watching a Premier League yeah. team play the way they play. Mm. We've got some great players in. Um, is it Mavadidi? Yeah, yeah, he looks really impressive. Yeah. It'd be nice to see if he can do it in the Premier League. Um, yeah. Cannon's Cannon up front now. Yeah, well, he's, yeah, he's coming. Starting to score goals. Game scored, I think, three and two. So, I think that's what they needed. Like a, you know, because with their strikers, Daka's never really sort of shown. Nah. That he's worth the money, you know. Ian Acho is inconsistent, injury prone. Varley's obviously, you know, headed yeah, towards the end of his career, and that kind of looks quite good. And you know, yeah. like Dewsbury Hall was sort of shone in that team as well. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think they look really good. Well, I think that's the thing is, even if we go up, everyone will be like, "Well, you've got Premier League players," and which is it's kind of true, really. It's, you know, it was like I don't think we should have got relegated. Oh, Dakar, he's turned Burgess brilliantly here, Patson Dakar. Mavadini's in space once more, edge of the box, shifts it onto his right foot and scores spectacularly. Oh, Steffi Mavadini curls a beauty beyond Vashlav Hlaki. Nice little segue there, um, talking about relegated and so forth. Everton, because obviously Leicester and Everton were 
you know, the buying for the last relegation mm-hmm. position last year. What do you reckon with their 10 point deduction? I mean, obviously, that's a major talking point. Do you think, I mean, we're not going to go too much into the ins and outs of it because we haven't got enough time. And also, I don't really know the legal uh, jargon with it all. But, I mean, in my personal opinion, it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? Mm, um, maybe. Yeah. With, with you, Al, what, what do you think to that? Not enough, is it? You want more? <laughs> um, I mean, it's that, it, like they've kind of got away with it because this season is like there are three teams. The three teams that came up are, are already struggling. Um, so it was kind of the ideal season for them to get a 10-point deduction in a way because, you know, they, they're not going to get relegated and there'll be this big thing about, oh, they had a 10-point deduction. But it's like, you know, the, the three teams at the bottom are really struggling to pick up points, you know. And so I think, yeah, as you say, like it was a long time coming. They, they can moan all they want about it and I moan about the Man City thing. But Man City's is a bigger thing, you know, hell of a lot more. Uh, you know, breaks of the rules and stuff like that. So they'll get their comeuppance when it comes to it. <clears throat> but, you know, if you are going to overspend, you're going to break financial fair play, then you're going to get punished for it. Yeah. You know, the smaller I mean, clubs down, you know, the smaller clubs in the championship, League One, League Two, you know, we've seen liquidation of clubs because of they can't pay the pay the debts off. Yeah. So they've got, they're quite lucky that they can still keep going and, you know, they've just got a 10-point deduction. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, I, I I don't know if it's harsh or not, but I did hear something about Everton claim, like, you were allowed to claim money for loss of uh, transfers over COVID. And basically, two teams claimed money, and it was Everton and Aston Villa. And Everton claimed something like 60-odd million losses due to COVID. No other club other than Villa even claimed a penny. Mm. And And I believe they also, like, when they were trying to argue their case, they're like, oh, the amount of money we've lost... Due to COVID, and it's like, but it didn't make sense because you're not Man United, you're not, you know, yeah. Arsenal, you're not got 70,000 every game, you're missing out yeah. on that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, you know, like with all these embargoes that they had, and then suddenly they sell, they buy, sorry, Beto for like 30 million, and you're like, well, where do you get that money from? And yeah, and then I know they were flogging, um, Iwobi, didn't they? And like you said, yeah. Cannon, I think was about 8 million as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the last couple of days of the, the thing to try and balance the books. And obviously, they, they probably haven't quite done that, but I think they're going to just about skip the chop. I think they've got Richarlison. They got, did they get 60-odd million for him? Yeah. yeah. And they were saying yeah. like, oh, we could have got 80-odd million for him. And it's like, yeah, I'm not sure you could have. <laughs> yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? You could say that with every transfer then, couldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Right then, so moving on to club review, what do you think about Newcastle at the moment? Uh, your... Yeah, I mean, it was a good start to the season. Um, Champions League was, you know, was going well, but we just picked up so many injuries that we were struggling to put a team together. You know, the fact that we had to bring a 17-year-old into the starting line, but we had three goalkeepers on the bench at one point. I mean, Miley's come in and has been absolutely fantastic, but still, 
you don't want to be playing a 17 year old every single week because you know you've got to you've got to look after their development and you know people have come back but then people are getting injured again and it's it's been a tricky one but you know i i, I think if you asked any newcastle fan we, we accept where we are because you know we we really overshot last season and we didn't have the squad going into this season to to kind of manage all of these games and i I'm, when we went out of the champions league i was quite happy that we didn't go into the Europa League because I just thought we'd never be able to handle that like you know more games after that so you know it's it's I think you know if we I'm not really that bothered where we finish this season because I just think it's we had a really good season last season and we know that you know we've got the back in and and the fans and the players and the manager that we'll just keep building and you know it is going to take a long time you know we can't do a Man City or a Chelsea when they first got money and spend loads of money straight away. Mm. Got to be a slow build, and you know that's what we always we all thought it was going to be. And you know, so let it. Yes, have a good end to the season. Well, yeah, it's been a bit unfortunate with the Tonali problem as well. Obviously, you know, yeah, made a few, handful of games, and then he's now been. How long is he? He's banned now. Is it eighteen it, months? Is it? He, is it? Uh, Nine, is it nine months? I think he's he's back at the start of next season. I think. Okay. Um, but again, it's you know you can sort of moan about that, but it, it's his own fault. He, he's you know he know he knew he shouldn't be doing it, and as you know, we've had players that have done this before, and they've got caught, and he's got a service ban, so can't moan about it. Um, what do you reckon about how then? Do you, are you happy to keep him on at the moment? Oh God, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we went and got a win at Sunderland, yeah. three 0 the other day. That's the first time we beat them in, I think, I think it was like ten years or something, or ten wow. visits, just uh, ten games against Sunderland that we beat them. So it's a big morale boost. I'd be stupid to get rid of Howe. Like, yeah, n no Newcastle fan is talking about getting rid of Howe. It's yeah. just the papers going. Always having a difficult period. <laughs> well, yeah, hold on a minute, but you know, it, it, I'm, I'm hoping he's here for years to come because he's built something. The players seem to enjoy playing for him. The players seem united together. So, yeah, hopefully it'll continue. Brilliant. Well, we've got to obviously talk about the top of the table as well. Seeing your Midlands rivals, Sam, doing so well for the first time since sort of, I think, 92-93. I think that's when they came second in the league last. Has that surprised you? Not a little bit that they're second, but I thought they'd do well. But... Mm -hmm. But it's still, you know, there's a lot of football. To, but the fact that, you know, they maybe because they could do what Newcastle did last year, and if they get top four, then mm. amazing season for them, isn't it? Really? You never yeah. know. You, you know, no one's quite so far looked great. You know, I know Liverpool are top of the table, but it, no. you feel a little bit like they're sort of digging stuff out of nowhere. Yeah, I, 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 totally cup, I know it was a cup game, but the game against Arsenal, like, they could have been buried at half-time. Mm. And then mm, they ended yeah. up winning it. But. I think I think there's weaknesses for every every team in the Premier League. I've yeah. not been particularly. Well, I mean, the, the worry really. one is Man City that, that now they're just going to go. Oh, yeah, go up to Bournemouth, oh. got Harlem. Oh, yeah. Well, this is the thing, and um, but even Man City, like their defense, yeah. like I was going to say, like everyone's defense hasn't hasn't looked a very tight defense. Uh, every team seems to be great broached. But it's definitely exciting having a couple of different teams up there yeah. anyway. Well, that's what you hope. You hope it can sort of like four or five teams all complete, genuinely competing for it. Mm. 
you do worry that Man City will just do what they always do, and it's like, yeah. and then, uh, boring. Well, I think they will. But I remember um, again, I, I saw again they came back after the whatever the World Club thing they did, and they were one 0 down to Everton, and I was like, Ooh. and then yeah. second half bad. Yeah. What's your opinion of Villa there now? You've been impressed with them. Yeah, I, I mean, I have been impressed with them. I've, they've been playing really well. They look good. As as Sam said, it, you know, there's still a lot of games to play. But they're, you know, Emery is a great manager. He's come in and done something that not many people thought they'd be doing. I think they will drop a little bit. But I think, yeah, Champions League, because there's a lot of teams, you know, like last season, Man United are just so inconsistent. Newcastle aren't as good this season. Tottenham are inconsistent. So there's a really good shot for them to to finish fourth. Uh, well, at least within the top four. I think. I think, as you say, I'm sure Man City do it every season where they have a bad yeah, start, yeah. or they're struggling, and then yeah. after Christmas they just go mental and win yeah. every yeah. single game. So, yeah. yeah, I think Man City will still run away with it. Arsenal, Liverpool for second, and I'd say Villa would would finish in fourth. Your, your opinions on um, Chelsea and Man United? I think you can put them in two into the sort of the same bracket, really, can't you? Go on there now. I read today that um, if. Ten Hag wins his next match, he'll have the best win percentage of any Man United manager ever. <laughs> what? Okay. Which is, which is, but I mean, he's only, he's not, he's not been there yeah. long as some other managers. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Everyone was watching Man United struggle because it's, you know, it is brilliant when they do. They just, there's no identity with that team. There's no, there's no, there seems to be no plan no. when they're going forward. I think this new guy coming in, to take over the football, uh, what's his? Is it Radcliffe? Yeah, that yeah. is just papering over the cracks because it's, you know, they're just a bit of a mess of a team, and they. But they, it's Man United. They grind out these results. This is it. You know, they you, when they won the other night at, at Wigan two 0 and it was like, oh yeah, Man United are back. It's like they're playing fucking Wigan. Yeah, like people going mad because they're beating them two 0 Them and then Chelsea. It's just not right there. I mean, even bringing in Poch and it's still not going right. Let, you, yeah. Getting beat last night as well from middle by Middlesbrough. Great result for Middlesbrough, but God, what what's going on at Chelsea? I mean, you, with last season, you kind of thought this season. I mean, I had them for I think top six this season, but God knows what's going to happen with them. I, I had them fourth. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with them. It's just very strange, the inconsistency. You know, you can almost, you know, sort of see it with Man U, can't you? you know? Yeah. Well, they're away from home. They're going to end up losing that because they've got a terrible away form. Then at home, they might produce an incredible performance, sort of one in five. Mm. But with Chelsea, I just can't see what side. Are they going to be the side that drew four with Man City or are they going to be the one that lost to, to Middlesbrough, like you said? But they keep saying, you know, oh, they need to spend money in January. It's like, but they've already spent so much. Like, you can yeah. only spend so You can keep throwing money at the problem, but something's not quite right if you're not getting the right players in or it's just it's an odd, it's an odd way they're doing things. I think with um, Nkonku, is it? Getting injured straight off the bat yeah. didn't help, but he's coming back. But again, they're still really with the players that they've got. They should have easily beaten, you know, but really, but I thought um, it was a striker in Conco, and then they're yeah. going, no, he's he's not. He's play. He plays sort of like he plays up top, but on either side. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they're still not got a striker that's 
they still don't know. No. <laughs> um, I think they've got Borgia, haven't they? But again, some people then say he's not good enough, but it's like he's only played a couple of games. So yeah. I don't really know that. Sam, your thoughts on that, on uh, Manu and Chelsea? Uh, well, Chelsea just seems like if you buy, if you only buy players under, what is it, 23 or whatever, mm. you might show promise sometimes. Like Cole Palmer looks pretty good. Um, yeah. But there's just, other than, what, Thiago Silva and Raheem Sterling, yeah. it's pretty much just like 22, 23. Yeah. So I think a lack. But at some point, you've got to say, when you spend that much money, you've got to see more than they've showed, I think. Like they've, they've had the odd game, like you say, the four-all at Man City. But other than that, they'll follow that up with, like I remember, they lost the Wolves at Christmas time as well. <laughs> it's just so inconsistent. And United's just absolute shambles, I think. But, but it, it, part of it is because it's Man United. Like they're not... They are doing really badly, but at the same time, they're not actually doing that. But like, mm. I remember looking. Admittedly, it was a few weeks ago. I was like, "Oh, Man United are rubbish, aren't they?" And I looked at the table, and it's like they were fifth at the time, or something like that. And it was, and it's like, how many other teams would be like, "Oh, we'll take my new season," but because it's Man U, everyone's like, it sort of like, it becomes so so much of a bigger thing if they're rubbish, sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, they're eight at the moment. Yeah. Three points off six. I mean, it is bad because they got they got like last year looked like were they sort of like building something coming back to something and then if they follow that up with a season where they're just back to being sort of six, seven, eight, something like that, it's just like pretty terrible, really. Yeah. Right, and just to finish the segment, then. So I guess we're all in agreement. Then relegated are going to be the three that came up. I'm not really spoken about them because, to be honest, you can sort of see it. But Everton, like, last couple of, you know, they've sort of, they got the 10 points and then they went on a tear. Yeah. But then the last couple of games, they've been a bit rubbish. But the problem is the three teams blew them. Only really Luton seem to be sort of... Yeah, but my only, yeah. I mean, my issue with Luton, seeing a bit of them is, They've got they get chances and they're just not taking them. Yeah. At this level, I, I think they're it, you've gotta, short, Yeah, you've got to take them, haven't you? I mean, I've seen them give good games to Liverpool and Arsenal yeah. and Man City, and it's. I think, I, mean, they, I think they lost all three games, but yeah. I think there's a stat saying that they've only lost by two or less goals. Yeah. this year, so they're not being smashed. I, think, I mean, I think, I think, has. yeah, I think they're fighting, but yeah, you're probably right. They probably won't have the quality to. Okay, so your top four then, Sam. As in one to four, as in best uh, player. Not best player, so the teams where they're going to fail oh, at the end of the season. Sorry, mate. Um, so. I think Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal. Well, I'll go with Villa. I'll, I'll give. And what did you say there, there, Al? What were your. Uh, mine, be, mine be exactly the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll probably swap it around with Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, um, and then probably Villa. But yeah, it's definitely been a bit of a bit different, but in in some ways we're just expecting the same, aren't we, with Man City? Yeah. <laughs> and that's Bernardo Silva, and he has sealed it for Manchester City. 
with a magnificent piece of opportunism. Right then, moving swiftly on. So we've all compared a list of our top 10 players for this yep. season or this half season. So we'll go alphabetical. So Al, what's your number 10? Who are you going with to start us off? Uh, I, I, just to sort of say, I'm trying to not pick too many big names. On this. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to look at yeah. and, and not. Yeah. And I'm trying to not have two players from any one team. So, yeah. um, my number ten um, is Saliba for Arsenal. Um, he's my only defender on the list. Uh, I was I was really trying to get a defender and a goalkeeper on the list. Um, <laughs> Saliba this season. I mean, he he was last season and and he got injured um, last season, didn't he? I think that's when they yeah. struggled. Yeah, um, and sort of lost the title a little bit. He's such a solid player, uh, and he's he's getting better and better. And I think he's he just improves that Arsenal team so much. Um, I, I I really like him as a defender. I, to be honest, I think he's probably one of the best centre backs in the in the Premier League. It, it almost seems like he's come out of nowhere. I know he was, you know, when he first joined Arsenal, he was he, he went out on loan, didn't he? And um, was he out on loan when he came? Yeah, he went. I think yeah, back to France. Yeah, but he's come back in, and he's just such a fantastic player. And you know, with that Arsenal team, I think we said at the start of the season with getting Rice in, I think they're a striker away from being a really, you know, really heavy title contenders, like well, title winners, to be honest. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Saliba as number ten. That's a good. That's a good healthy start. I must agree with you, mate. I'm, I've struggled to get a defender in because yeah. like I said at the beginning of the, the podcast, there's not been many good defenders this year. And it's been tough. Um, I'm, I'll go next and I'll go with Rotaro Endo from Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I first heard that they were signing him, I think it's for about 16 mil, I thought this is a panic one because they missed out Casado. And Lavia both went to Chelsea. And I thought, oh, this guy, he ain't got, I, I don't know whether he's going to fit in very well. So, then I looked at some of the stats, and I think in the Bundesliga, is the highest um, tackle ratio. Something like that. I thought, oh, that's, that looks quite good for him. And then I saw his 30, and I thought, oh, God, you know, this sounds like panic buy. Yeah. But you know what? He took a couple of games to get, get into it, but he's held his own, you know, in defensive midfield got you know got the confidence to take a player on and he's just he's real work and you know workman like as well i mean they sort of said something like a stat over christmas he played five games in 13 days and i just think it just gives the other new signings a bit of a chance to push more forward like and gives them a bit more of a chance for the attacking impetus and he him to just stay more of a Defensive side. I mean, you know, fifteen starts. He's played in every Euro uh, match um, in the Europa League side for for Liverpool, and he's a regular starter in the cups. So, yeah, probably about ten because he's just mainly just surprised me really. And he's given McAllister a bit of a run for his money as well because he can't seem to get him kick him off the team. So, yeah. and for the, for the for the amount of money as well, I just thought you know he's got to be be mentioned on there anyway. How much was he? 16 mil. It's not bad, is it? No, I think he was a Stuttgart captain as well. But, you know, like, like I said, I just thought it was a knee-jerk reaction a bit by the scouting of Liverpool to... Um, Saved to a lot of money, though, not getting that Casada in because he's been 
not been great for Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> so. Riding his feet, I think it's probably the nice way. <laughs> Go on then, uh, Sam. Who's your number ten? I've actually got a defender as well. Uh, oh, you did. So. Go for Trent, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Oh, maybe that's a bit low. <laughs> maybe it's just because I've seen Liverpool quite a lot recently. Some just silly balls. I did actually like try and do a little bit of the sort of like looking up stats and things like that, just to see if. I was just making up that some, and he did seem pretty high for like key passes, chances created, complete things like that. But he's just like, like I said, you, you just see some of the passes he does, and mm. you know, other players wouldn't even see that, let alone be able to play it. He's sort of playing in a like a lot of team like that, a lot now where you play your right back and he just moves into central yeah. midfield. I sometimes think with Trent, like maybe he should just start playing in midfield full mm. I know he has done for England doesn't he Klopp wants to keep him at right back then I'll go yeah. with Jürgen Klopp he knows more than me so yeah I think if I'm right he used to play there for Liverpool anyway yeah. I mean in, in his youth, youth I expect team. in the youth team he was basically like playing wherever we need him because he's, yeah. he's yeah. clearly the best player sort of thing but... yeah. well did you have him on your your list there Al? he's a lot higher on my list <laughs> what was he He's number four on my list. Oh, number four. Okay. Anything else to add? Or just... just that, you know, for me, he's possibly the best passer in the Premier League. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's, he's passing's like Beckham. Like, he can just switch a ball. He's the, I think he's that midfielder that England need in that, in that kind of role. I think he's really wasted at right back. I know he comes forward and everything, but I've seen a few times Liverpool have played the seat. And, like, he's not, and he's not a, he doesn't seem like a natural defender, yeah, but he's, he's not, not great really. when he's defending. Liverpool really need to sign a, a decent right back, and then they can push um, Alexander Arnold into midfield full time. Because I think you know he's just. I think that that's one of the weaknesses for Liverpool is going down that side because he's not. You know he is beatable. So you know, get him into midfield. He'll play. Hopefully, I think he should be starting for England in the Euros. Um, yeah, he's he 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 hardly ever gets a start for England, does he? He's yeah, it? He should be because you know, if, if he likes to play those two defending midfielders, Southgate, so yeah. he should be one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, looking just quick, okay, starts his two goals, three assists, uh, 18 games this year already, so it's been a bright start, but like I said. He, he still feels that looks a bit nervous in defence, doesn't mm. he? And you wouldn't you wouldn't have a hundred percent feel, hundred percent confident that he's able to sort of manage that role. But again, that's always been the, the question mark, hasn't it? Three options. Which will it be? It will be Alexander Arnold. Trent Alexander-Arnold, he placed it perfectly. Leno. Right, Ross, we've got you here, mate. We might as well go with your number nine. Uh, so I have to pick a Newcastle player, so let's get one in. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. So I'm going to go with Anthony Gordon. Um, oh, the same here. I've got him as well. Um, I'll put him as number eight, so you go oh. ahead. Um, so, yeah, he's got six goals this season. Uh, we only got one last season. Yeah, he's, he's starting to deliver on that 40 million price, you know, transfer fee. Because I'm at, like, when he first signed, it was always a bit like, oh, God, you know, 
Everton player that's not really playing for them. But he's been fantastic this season. He's, I think he's been our best player. And, you know, talking about um, Alexander-Arnold with it, I think Alexander-Arnold struggles against players who have got pace. And Anthony Gordon's got pace because I know when Newcastle played Liverpool, he, he was just beating him um, down that left. And they kept playing it to him because he could beat him. And I just think, you know, he's really matured this season. It, he really looks like he's enjoying his football again, like he did when he was at Everton, when you know when the fans were on his side. And I think that's what he needs. He needs fans to be on his side. He's one of those players that feeds off the support. And he's getting that now again, um, like he did when he was first at Everton. And yeah, it's really exciting to see because, you know, we've got Harvey Barnes in as well. And you kind of think, well, is, is that going to be... Was Harvey Barnes brought in to play left? And, you know, what was going to happen to Gordon? But, you know, he's played up front a few times. He's, you know, he can play across that midfield. And, yeah, I really I, I really like him at the minute. So Yeah. I, like I said, I, like, I totally agree with you. That's why I put him on there. I think he's there as a shout-out because, he just, like you said, he just seems like he's a, a new player. Got real, you know, the confidence now to take on a player. I think it has helped that Barnes has got injured as well in a non yeah. possible way. So it's given him a good run in the team. I think he's a, I think he's a very much a confidence player as well. And if yeah. he was playing regularly and and he's only twenty two as well, I think there's a lot more to come for from him to be fair. And on here, six goals, five assists at the, in the Premier League. That's perfect. That's really, I think he it? should have he should have got an England call up by now, you know. He's he's a player that I think should have got into. Yeah, you know they bought in. It, it sounds harsh, but they bought in Palmer. But Gordon was having a better start to the season than Palmer was, and Palmer got the England call. I just think you know. And then they were saying about him going to Scotland, like playing for Scotland, and Southgate was going, no, no, don't do that. So, well, well pick him then. You know, you've got to you've got to pick these players if you, these young players give them a chance. Just in the friendlies, you know, he's not going to go to the Euros, but you know, you've got to give these players a chance. And if they're not getting the chance, then they are going to look elsewhere. Yeah, of course. I think I think he does need to to, to pick his allegiance very quickly with the Euros coming up. And I would like to see him in England show. I think he he added something a bit bit different to the team as well. Someone a little bit more direct that you could go to. Especially with Rashford not playing very well this season. I mean, we all know Rashford will go because he likes Rashford. Yeah. But Rashford's been poor this season. And you've got to pick players on form, I think. You know, not just, not just who you like. Yeah. And I like Rashford. He's a good player, but yeah. he's not playing well. Well, none of them you were really playing that well, are nice. <laughs> Sam, have you got him on your list at all? I don't. He was one of the many, many, I many players. I was like, I think a bit, probably like a bit like why he doesn't get picked for England. There's just a lot of players in those positions where it's mm. like, I think maybe if you'd have asked me like a month ago, I'd have probably had him in. But yeah. still had Barnes fit, then maybe he could have got a bit more rest. But he's having to play every game, and it's yeah. like, probably sort of like it's slowed him down a bit recently. But, but no, every time I've seen him, he's been he's been pretty outstanding. So Isak, who charges down Ruben Diaz's clearance, and Dan Byrne has played in and through Gordon. It's Gordon away down the left wing into the penalty area. Gordon. Okay, my number nine. I've gone with Harang He Chang. You know oh. the Wolves? 
I got yeah, him as well. Did you? Yeah. Where have you, where have you guys got him? I went eight. Yeah, I've got him at seven. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah, I think he's just been brilliant. You know, Gary O'Neill's really sort of, I think, changed the way, the style that he's got him to play and Cunha as well. I think they've got a real good relationship at Wolves um, up, up, up top there. He just can't stop him scoring, though. He's just come under the radar a lot as well. Yeah. Not many people talk about him, but I, I see how he how he plays and he looks like a real pain as well. He just hassles all the while, gets into good space and he's he's got a good shot, shot on him as well. And it seems like, you know, last year he was bedding in a bit for the last two seasons, so he's bedding in a bit. But now he's really taking his chances. You know, he's one in two now in the Premier League with goals, three assists. Likes to get a book a bit, but that's all right. Likes to get, get himself a bit involved. But as a whole, I, you know, I'd look at, seriously, if I was a top five team looking to sort of improve in that area, it'd be someone that I would really consider. Anything else to add there, Sam? You know, he's a player who you, you wouldn't have thought would be up at the top of the top of the goal scoring chart. Well, not quite at the top, but he's sort of there or thereabouts. And you know, Wolves have done really well. And there was another Wolves player, like I think it was, yeah, what's his name? Neto. Mm. Neto, if he hadn't got injured, I think he'd probably be in there as well. But I think Huang's been fantastic considering he's a player who probably at the start of the season, no one's, no one, no one is thinking, oh yeah, Huang of Wolves will be scoring near the top of the goal scoring charts. Yeah. Anything else said there? Yeah, just just saying that, you know, these 10 goals, he got three last season. So, mm. you know, halfway through the season, he's got 10 goals. And for, for, for a team, Wolves, I think some people might have considered that they would have been relegation candidates this season. But they're doing really well. And, you know, he's one of the reasons that they are. So, yeah, it's, it's, he looks a great player, as you say. He, he looks great. I think um, is, is he is is he gone to the Asian Cup? Yes, he has. I yeah. think yeah, it's a shame. Like with a few of these players, you know, go and you know, they're fantastic tournaments that they go off to, and it's very important that they do go. But I think a lot of teams yeah. will miss these players. Definitely. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. As well as obviously African nations. Yeah, the African well. Cup of Nations as well. So I mean, I, as you can see, I'll pick two Asian players <laughs> and a nine. So yes. There we go. <laughs> Totti gets ahead of Wissa, Huang's through inside the penalty area again, Huang, it's three, Huang with his second of the evening. Okay, Sam, have we gone with your number nine yet? No, similar story to the last one, I've gone with uh, Dominic Solanke. Yeah, I mean 12 goals for, for a player who I'd say was... It's taken a lot of heat in in the past of yeah. he can't hack it at the Premier League level, but he's you know every time I see him he's a big strong guy, holds the ball up well, brings in his teammates, and now he's adding the goals to that as well. When he was younger, he was you know he was at Chelsea. Chelsea couldn't keep hold of him. He went to Liverpool, but never quite made it either places. And Bournemouth did pay a lot of money for him, but he's sort of like he's definitely had to earn earn his career. I think. Yeah, where have you put him uh, out? I've got him as number two. Number two? Oh, yeah. Okay. No, that's fine. I've, I left him out only just because recently he's only come on to goal scoring for mm. But again, the whole of Bournemouth have just sort of yeah. gelled, haven't they? So I can totally appreciate where, why you put him there. 
I think the manager's done a great job with um, getting the best out of him. Yeah. Anything else to add there? Oh, no, I think he just like you know he's he's basically covered the whole left by Ivan Tony. Yeah. Um, no. 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 Brentford. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're trying to trick me there, aren't you? I know. Yeah. No, he's, he he just looks a he looks a really he looks a really good goal scorer. You know, he's he's doing really well. I've got him in my dream team. I've had him in for a, quite a while. And I, I, when I looked today, I didn't realise he'd actually scored twelve goals. Yeah. You know, it's but yeah, he's that that Bournemouth team's playing really good football. Again, another team that people considered might go down this season. Um, but managers got him playing really. I mean, good for football. for a good sort of month or so, start of the season they were. One of the worst teams, well, at yeah. least in terms of results, but once it's clicked, it seems like. Because I know it was a bit hype about their manager, wasn't it? That he'd done well in Spain, so. Yeah. Yeah, another one, though, giving a manager a chance. I think they had to, though, didn't they? Because they'd. Yeah. They'd, though I heard that O'Neill wasn't actually that popular at Bournemouth, from what I've heard. It was sort of, it wasn't like. I think Cooper was more of a sort of like the Forest fans were like, oh, we suck at Steve Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of Bournemouth fans were like, yeah, fine, whatever. United eventually will clear as Fernandez knocks it forward to McTominay. Well read by Lewis Cook though, down the right side of the penalty. No ball into Solanke! And Bournemouth have stolen in front! Lewis Cook stole the ball, drove it across, and Solanke stripped it in. And the Cherries travelling supporters who came with hope and belief today are in raptures away to our right as Bournemouth lead at Old Trafford inside five minutes. Uh, so my number eight, who probably should be a lot higher on this list, but I thought it was just a bit obvious, was Rodbury. For, um, oh, OK, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, Man City are a completely different team when he's in the squad, well, when he's in the first team. I think they, they went on a bit of a run, didn't they, when he got sent off of not winning games. Yeah. They only seem to be able to win when he's playing. But yeah. he's such a fantastic player. I mean, you know, you talk about Man City with Haaland and De Bruyne and, you know, all these players, but it's Rodri, really. That, and this has been the thing for Man City over the, you know, since they got the money. It's this kind of midfield role that Rodri's filling that they've had before. Fernandinho, Fernandinho. You know they've had these players that have, and when these players leave, they, it's always that kind of how they're going to cover that. And they've got Rodri, and he's just fantastic. He's such a good player. Without him, I think they'd. Well, we've seen that they can yeah. struggle without him. So it seems to be the in position, isn't it? Yeah. If you've got a good defensive midfielder, like mm. I said with Liverpool with Endo. They do all the stuff behind the scenes that like you don't see normally in a match. Well, that's why you know Arsenal spent so much money on, on yeah, Rice. Rice. Yeah. He does that role that Casado. Chelsea spent so much money on him. I mean, he's not really shown that, but he's very young, so he, you know, yeah. he get better. He, but you're right; it is that position because you know it. It's gone from the you know the the right and the and and the left centre strikers that are, you know Salah's role and people like that. It now seems to be the defending midfielder is is the in it's the in position, isn't it? It's the what everybody wants, and we've not seen that for a long time. You know, we used to have that years ago. You'd have that, you know, uh, all in sort of Roy Keane yeah. sort of, um, enforcer role, and now you get it, it. Now it seems to be big again, and he's he's probably the best in the world at that position. To be fair, yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, he, he was someone I considered. 
But you know what? Because his levels are so high anyway, mm. I just think that he's stayed at that level all the while. Yeah, he's, he's that much of a good player that he's he's always a sort of a ten out of ten player. Yeah, he's not improved. He's just stayed the same. Yeah, yeah, consistently brilliant, <laughs> incredible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, have, did you have him on your list at all, Sam? I didn't, but similar to what you said, it's all. You don't want to just pick because if you do the ten best players, you will just end up with like three teams and then no one from anywhere else. So I think, yeah. But he's definitely. I, I think there's something like he hasn't actually lost a game for Man City or something. Like yeah, that. sort of crazy like that. When he doesn't play, they lose something like half their games. When he does play, they always, <laughs> they just don't lose. But I suppose yeah. they, don't, they don't lose that much anyway. So <laughs> no, you've got the fact that when they tend to lose, he seems to be missing. That says something, doesn't it? It does. It does indeed. My number eight was Anthony Gordon. Mm-hmm. So Sam, what was your eight? Mine was Huang. 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 Yeah. Uh, and your number seven, I think we've already said, haven't we? There. Yeah. Huang. Uh, Chan. Yep, that's it, and it's coming right round to me, and that's Mohamed Kudos. Oh, yeah. oh look, this this guy is is top draw. If I were Ten Hag, there must have been something really wrong with him to not have bought him for half the money than getting Anthony. Seriously, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know whether that was a bit Ajax or whatever, but I just find it bizarre that they, they probably had the opportunity to get him and they didn't. He's really only just started to break through now, hasn't he? Um, over the past few few months, but his him and Paqueta, the sort of the the way that they work off each other, it's fantastic to watch, and and it gives I think the West Ham fans some a bit of silky skills, doesn't it? You know, you, you know a lot of Moyes teams that are very sort of dogged, defence minded, but yeah. they've got that little bit of flamboyance and flair as and when they need it. Six goals out of 16 matches um, in the Premier League, which is a good good um, first season, I think. Um, scored three goals in five at the Europa League as well. And he's got an assist as well. So I, I think the only way is up really with him. I, I just like the way he plays. He takes on a play. He's not afraid to, to score. Him, Bowen and, like I say, Paquetta have been fantastic for, for West Ham this year. And uh, let's see whether it continues. I mean, they're sixth in the league and they've got War Prowse in as well in midfield. I do think with West Ham, they are one of the most underrated teams. Like, they've got such a good starting 11. And as you said, that midfield is brilliant. It's one of the best in the league. And I think that's like seeing them in sixth is a surprise to some people, but they are playing good football. They do look good. And like last season, you know, they weren't. As good in the league, but they did have the Europa yeah. Conference League as well, which is, you know, you, when you play on a Thursday, it makes it tricky. A lot of teams struggle when they play in Europe with the extra games, but they went and won that. And this season, they're sort of, they're sort of handling the, the Europa League and the league at the same time. And they're, they're doing really well. They're, they're, you know, and I guarantee that a lot of the top clubs would take a lot of their players and offered them. I understand that sometimes there's a bit of negative press with the way that always has them set out but if you've got those sorts of players to come out you know mm. as a counter-attacking for the pace and just the accuracy with the yeah. passing and the flamboyance that they've got there they're, I, I think Moyes gets, yeah Moyes gets a bit of a bad rep I mean he was brilliant at Everton he did he, he did 
wonders there. And then he went to Man United. He wasn't really given enough time straight after Ferguson. So there's always he's kind of tarred with that brush that he's, you know, he's not good enough. But he is a great manager and he's doing great things at West Ham. Thank you, Dan. Uh, that's all I've really got to got to say with regards to kudos. So you're number seven, Sam. Uh, I've gone for uh, Pascal Gross. Yeah, yeah, under the radar there, but yeah, good one. Again, he's a, you know he's been consistently a good player at this level, four or five years. I think again, I looked up and he sort of like in terms of like number of passes, passes complete. Chances created. I think he was on like average three chances complete, uh, chances created a game. I think he does take corners and stuff like that as well. But and the fact that he's been called up for Germany, I think he's in his thirties now, isn't he? Yeah. And it's just yeah. he's a player who's always been very good for Brighton and, and has played in so many positions for him as well. He's played in. I think he's played at right back at times, and he's played in midfield. He's played in sort of forward line. He's just a player I've, I've always really like watching play and yeah. I think he's finally getting sort of like some recognition on the international stage I think that's great at, at his age yeah very consistent player yeah and very technically underrated I think as well like you say he's got a fantastic cross he's got a great footballing brain to be honest yeah definitely okay you're you're on there so we're on to number seven uh six six um, mine's Jared Bowen for West Ham. Oh, really? Yeah, mine's. I've got him at number four. I've got him at five. How do you go on then? I looked at um, you know obviously the West Ham as you we're talking about the um, the last player and then obviously Paqueta as well. Um, but Jared Bowen, I think is, I think he's a bit of, a bit of stick, and I think I think he's just come through and he's got eleven goals this season um, for a midfielder. It's fantastic. Um, and he's got, you know, he has, he's look, he does look like a great player. He's, he's attack minded. He fits into that West Ham midfield really well. And I just think, you know, I don't know, I've got a love for West Ham at the minute, but they're just looking like a good team and he's, he's yeah. part of that. And it, it was difficult to not pick any of the other players. Ward Prowse I looked at as well, because yeah. I just think, um, I just think Bowen looks really good. He just he's looking really good this season. And again, another player that that I think could fit in really well with a with any of the big clubs. Not that West Ham aren't a big club, but no. you know he could go to an Arsenal with Liverpool and and shine there. So yeah, I've really really liked him this season. He's having a great season, isn't he? Mm. He's they paid again another one that. But, you know, the way that West Ham plays perfect for him, really. You know, counter-attacking football, get, making sure there's a bit of space for him to run on to. If you just yeah. look at the goal, he scored to win the Europa, um, the Conference League, sorry. In the summer, you know, the counter-attack then, the, the through ball that, that he can use his pace on to. And again, another very intelligent player. Yeah, he seems to be in the right position. Like, you know, he scores a lot of goals, just seems to be in the right position at the right time. Sam, anything else to add there, mate? Again, like we've been praising West Ham, and I think they had a great transfer window. Obviously, they didn't sign Bowen this transfer window, but I, I chose Bowen. Though I could have chose Paqueta. I think he's been playing really well. Kudos, Ward Prowse. I just, I do with Bowen. I'm always a bit uh, jealous because I think Leicester were trying to sign him at one point just before West Ham did, 
And if well, we obviously made the wrong decision, didn't they? <laughs> well, no, clearly not. <laughs> but if we'd have got him and we, if we'd have had Bowen, Madison and Harvey Barnes yeah. in the same team, then, yeah, but it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> As West Ham probe and maybe find an opening through so far. The cutback from Bowen, the goal from Jared Bowen. Okay, my number six is Brian Mbulu. I no. think you probably had him, did, did you there? No, he, no? He, he, was, he was on my initial list. Ah, uh, no. we quickly swapped him around. Um, what about you? Have you got him there, Sam? Uh, what, the girl from Brentford? No, I'm, yeah. I'm going. No. I'll put him so high just because he's sort of taken the mantle from Ivan Tony. That's what that's the I had up. instead of Solanke. And that's why uh, I yeah. say no. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. No, but he sort of took it on his shoulders, hasn't he? I mean, there's a bit of a joke about him, really, that he could never really score many goals. You know, he used to be getting the positions a lot last year and not managed to get, get, get in much. But this year, he's really sort of got his head down by lots of things. He's almost... He's scoring almost a goal every other game. He's mm. on three assists. It's a shame he's got injured as well, which looks like he could be out for a while. It has cost him his um, chance to go to the African nations as well. But I just think he's a real sort of a leader at 24 years old as well. He's, well, he's um, been that team for a while, hasn't he? Because he, he was has, yeah, he came up when um, Ollie Watkins was there. And, yeah. Um, who was the other guy on the other side that went to <sighs> West Ham? Oh. Or, or yeah, another one. No, he's at West Ham, yeah. He's at West Ham, yeah. Can't remember. Yeah. Oh, and Ben Benrahma. Yeah, I remember watching oh, them in the, Rama, um, yeah. the playoffs and the championship. And yeah. they were, the three of them were fantastic together. Yeah, yeah. I think he's quite, again, another one that's quite underrated, to be honest. Yeah. Technically, he's very, very gifted. Like, he's got a fantastic left foot. He likes to cut in a lot. A really good big team player as well. Like I say, just a shame he got injured. But hopefully he'll come back with... With uh, Tony, we we'll have to see how Mr. Ivan Tony gets on when he comes back. Mm-hmm. Eating on the pies. While yeah, well, yeah, you never know. <laughs> but yeah, Bruno was number six. I, I think he's been a big loss to Brentford as well. Since he's been injured, it's sort of helped, not helped with their. Mm-hmm. They've been on a bit of a rocky run recently, yeah, I but know. I think they should have enough, you know, this year. Yeah. Okay, so next one for you then, maybe oh. six. My six has gone, it's Saliba. Oh, so, brilliant. A bit like, a bit like I said, just probably, he's probably like the best centre-back in, in the yeah. game at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, then we're on to the final five. Oh. Yeah, uh, I've gone with Cole Palmer. Oh, uh, Chelsea. Uh, eight goals already this season. I mean, he's just... He looks good in that Chelsea team. I mean, that Chelsea team's poor at the minute, but Cole Palmer looks a, a very good signing. I mean, he's already got into the England squad. Um, he's looking good. I mean, it's tricky with him because he, you know, you wonder how how well he'd have done at Man City. Probably, well, he wouldn't have got as much game time. But he's coming to this Chelsea team, and you kind of think, well, it, you know, how good's he going to be because the team's not playing well? And he's just come in, and he, he just looks—he's their best player at the minute. And you know that. You'd think with such a young man coming into that Chelsea team with some of the players. But he's come in and he he's their best player for me. And I think he's he's got a bright future ahead of him. I know that he should play, you know, yesterday when he was playing against Middlesbrough, he missed quite a few chances. He's not a centre forward though, is he? And they put him up front and 
Um, but yeah, I think he, he looks he looks fantastic. It's all for him to get into you know the England team playing in the position he's playing because realistically he's probably a bit more of a number ten, and you're not going to get Bellingham out of that position. No. And they're around about the same age, I think, as well, aren't they? So you know, he might, he might have to switch positions a little bit to get in there. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It was interesting um, when he did leave. It really surprised me. And just the sort of the way, obviously, he must have fell out a bit with Pep. I don't know whether there's some sort of attitude issue, maybe. Well, he'd said, didn't he, that um, he, he wouldn't loan him out. He was either going to get, he was either going to stay or he was going to sell him, which I just found it odd for that younger player to yeah. not loan him out. Like, mm. you know, are they looking at it now and thinking, well, maybe we should have kept him, mm. like, you know, just loan Chelsea? But. Yeah, I know he scored, um, what was it, in the Charity Shield, and I think yeah. was it in like, the, the Super Cup final. Great start to um, his season, but no, I, I totally agree with that, that he's a good, good player, just needs a bit of nurturing at Chelsea, Yeah, <laughs> game time, I think, is and to be maybe the centre, maybe attacking mid. Yeah. You know, just behind the forward might be where he's probably best suited. But no, he's an incredible talent. Did you have him on your list, Sam? I didn't. No. He was definitely a player I was like, yeah, I really should have him on because he's been. I think maybe because he didn't play too much at the start of the season. Yeah. Well. yeah. I tried to go with players who played most of the games. Like, what's annoying is I did my fa- my fantasy team took him out and he scored two against Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Right then, my number five is a goalkeeper. It's the Spurs keeper, Vicario. Mm. Did you have him? I I didn't, but that's a good shout. Yeah, again, he's a similar one to sort of the Endo sort of transfer. I didn't have a clue who he was, but he came from Empoli. Not many people really sort of mentioned him, to be honest. He sort of just suddenly appeared to be Spurs' number one keeper. Yeah. Bought him for. I think it was only about 12 million. But, yeah, I think he, he seems to be a lot better than Luis was, to be honest, and what they had. He just seems to, you know, he's doing a lot of clean sheets. I think he's got five clean sheets. And he was nominated for Save of the Month for five consecutive months as well, apparently. And he's got a bit of an edge to him as well, with a couple of bookings, which mm. you know, you've got to always have. But, when I've watched him, he, he's he's very good with his feet as well. He seems quite yeah. good and not afraid to to sort of do, do make any errors. I remember watching um the, that that match against Chelsea, you know, and they were down to like about two players by the end of it, <laughs> and it was just like watching the training session. They still couldn't score past him. And it, I've looked at some of the stats as well for him, and he hasn't made any errors yet that, that have led to goals, which yeah. has been a massive issue with Spurs. And I, I think. Even being quite young for a keeper at 27, I think they've got him got a pretty good um, deal, especially for 12 million. Yeah, he, he was he was the goalkeeper when I was trying to look for a goalkeeper to put in. He was the one that I did think about, as you say, he's the price tag, and he's he's looked so solid for that. Yeah. And and Luis was a great goalkeeper, but yeah. you know he was prone to errors. And this guy doesn't look like he is at the minute. So he's got like he uses a bit of confidence as well. Like I say, yeah. like, you know, he doesn't mind out playing the ball at his feet. You know, he looks a bit mad, which is good for a goalkeeper. Yeah, well, yeah, they have to be, don't they? 
Was he on your list? Did you say no? Have him on, but that's a good. That is a good get. That yeah. when you said goalkeeper, I thought you were going to go with Anana. But... Uh, well, he. W- I was considering it. I must admit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Sam, you're number five, mate. Uh, we've already Jared Bowen. Jared Bowen, lovely. It's going to come around quite quickly, I think. Number four. Uh, mine was Trent Alexander yeah. Arnold. Yeah. And uh, mine was Jared Bowen, number four. Okay. So, <laughs> swing back to uh, Phil Foden. Oh, yeah. okay. Again, yeah. it's, maybe I've just watched a lot of Man City recently, and he's, he's just a quality player. He's always one where you feel like if he'd. A bit like Palmer's left, and now Palmer's the star at Chelsea. And you always yeah. feel like if Foden had left Man City at any point, maybe he could have done better. But Man City's his club, and he's you know he's won everything. He he always plays you know twenty thirty games a season. He he maybe never quite becomes the sort of like the main man at Man City, which is maybe he's good enough to do that, but. I think he's got five goals, six assists, which is, you know, similar to a lot of other players. So, But I think he's, he's probably the most talented, talented English footballer, apart from maybe, maybe Jude Bellingham's bad, but Yeah. He always seems to step up, doesn't he? Like, you know, they they brought in... Um, <clears throat> who's the guy they brought in on the left um, in the summer? Oh, Doku. Oh, they brought Doku in. And Foden, you know, he's, he's stepped up his game because it's a similar sort of position. Uh, he, you know, and he has stepped up, but he just seems to, as you say, he doesn't play every game. But when he does play, yeah. he plays really well. And, it, you know, it, it, it would be nice to see him play more consistently. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a problem with Man City, sort of like, other than Haaland and De Bruyne, everyone else gets a little bit sort of like they'll play 20, 10 games and then they'll miss 10 games and it would just... You don't realise how you know Sterling was always like that when he was at Manchester. Yeah. He's like, oh, he's not done anything, and then you look at it, and he's like, oh, he's got fifteen goals this season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> talking about. But yeah, yeah. Foden always. I think he's always doing done better than maybe he's, he's mev- never quite. You know, considering he was he was thought of like this is the best English player, but now obviously Bellingham's somewhat eat his lunch with that. But but it'd be nice to see um, Foden go to someone like Real Madrid. Because mm. I think he'd fit in well there, playing with Bellingham, and you know. But I think yeah. he's, you know he's he's a Man City fan, so I think he's, yeah, I think he's fairly will. happy with his lot. I think really. Whereas I think Paul Palmer's apparently a Man United fan, so he's probably like mm. not bothered about leaving. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then now I think we're hitting the top, top three. three. My number three, I went with Son. For Tottenham, um, okay, uh, okay, I, tried to, I tried to not put Me in, too, yeah. you know, a lot of the players that are who we consider the best players in the league. Anyway, his son has been so so brilliant this season. He's taken over the captaincy from Kane. He's filled, you know, when you look look at it, he's got he's got twelve goals this season already. Uh, he just he just kind of when when Kane left, you kind of wondered where those goals were coming from because. You know they've got uh, Johnson from from uh, from Forest, Forest who doesn't seem to be playing up front for some strange reason. Um, Rich Allison, who has actually started to do quite well now, but Son sort of filled that role that Kane left. You know, he he just seems the central man there now, and he's really enjoying his football. And again, another player who's you know he's going off to the um, to the Asian Cup, 
So I think Tottenham will struggle without him because... And they've got Timo Werner. Yeah, yeah. Werner today, didn't they? Yeah. Which is a, a strange one. Yeah. But, but yeah, he's, he, Son's such a fantastic player. He, and I wouldn't... I don't know if... Saying he's underrated because I, I do yeah. think he's one... Like, he is one of the Premier League's best players. Yeah. Um, is it? Yeah, he's been a very awkward position for him, hasn't he? Because he is one of the best Premier League strikers, but he's been behind Harry Kane. <laughs> yeah, he's been, that's that's the thing. And he's now he's out, the main so... man at Tottenham. It's put a bit more pressure on him, but I, I think he's just, you know, he just seems to really enjoy that. And I think, in a weird way, it's taken the pressure off players like Richarlison. Um, and that means he started scoring now because, you know, when Richarlison, when Kane was there, Richarlison wasn't really getting much of a... A sniff, and now they put him up front, and you know he seems to be a one. And I think so, like Sun playing behind him has has, has really helped him, and yeah. you know, fantastic player. No, no, I, I was in two minds with Sun, but then you look at his stats, and obviously the side story about Kane leaving, and a lot of people said a lot of people going, "Oh, what Spurs going to do now? Kane on isn't yeah. there?" And they thought it almost like Sun was shot, didn't they? Didn't think he was going to come come through, but he's really led led the line fantastically. It's nice to see that he's captain as well. Yeah, that, um, I think he's taken that on really well. So a player to look up to for him. Sam, anything else to add? No, just what you said. He's he's always playing with a smile on his face as well. He did have a bit of a bad season last year, I think that was. Yeah. But now that like. Now that we're not in the Prem, Leicester, um, I, I can enjoy play, watching Son play because he always used to absolutely kill us, basically. Him and Kane <laughs> scored 500 goals against us. but and, and Tottenham in general, like when I've watched them, they're a bit mad, but they're so much fun to watch. Like, yeah, yeah. like you said, that Chelsea game, that was just the, the weirdest game I've ever seen in my life. You're down yeah. to nine men and you're playing on the halfway line trying to catch people offside. It was just like... Yeah. But it, it's refreshing to see that. In the end, they got bad a bit. But yeah. they, they, it took Chelsea a while. It's a shame with Madison injured. Yeah. And now, obviously, Sun going um, off yeah. to the Asian Cup. Because Tottenham were, like, at the yeah. start of the season, they were such a fun team to watch. You know, they made some great signings and they've been really good, a really good team to watch. I think Villa play quite similar. Like they'll, yeah, they'll play really high up the pitch trying to catch yeah. side. But so on, on occasion it will. Like I think Liverpool battered Villa, didn't they? Like three 0 or something. Like mm. Yeah, but again, Villa away from home is their yeah. their little form. Yeah, races. I mean, I've, every time I watch Spurs this season, it's not been a, a boring game. No, there was a couple of games that I think I saw them. I think it was home to Villa and home to Newcastle, was it? Whereas at first half it was like. Tottenham all over the opposition went one nil up, and I thought, oh, I won't bother with the second half. And then they lost both games. I think yeah, West Ham, I think was oh, West, it was West, yeah, yeah, it was West. yeah, where they were all over them, and they somehow lost that two one. Yeah, but then again, a nice segue there because my number three is John McGinn. Oh, yeah, he was. It he was nearly do, it had to do. So nearly I had to, to put a Villa player on. There's a couple that I had, mm. but. That were on the periphery, but I think he's led the line great. I mean, obviously, yeah. I felt a bit sorry for Mings when he lost the captaincy. He's the perfect man to take over from that. He leads from the front. He's banging a couple of goals. I think he's on uh, five goals, ever present, 
assisting. He's just non-stop running. Yeah. He gets himself in the way, doesn't he? He loves a bit of a 50-50 challenge. And you can't, that's what you want from a captain. It reminds me a bit of a sort of almost a, a Roy Keane-esque sort of passion and yeah. just stubborn. If he loses the ball, he, he won't sort of like put his arms up in the air and start adding the strop. He'll just go and try and run it straight back. I think it'd be a joy to uh, manage, to be fair. Well, um, I know that, well, listen to a, a different podcast that Mika Richards was talking about McGinn and saying that when Grealish was there, it was like Grealish was in the spotlight, and but McGinn was always that player that, you know, would do all the work and, you know, make Grealish look really good. And, you know, now that Grealish is gone, it, he's starting to shine a bit more now, isn't he? And you sort of yeah. see how good he is. I think he's been given a bit more of a licence to yeah. a bit further up the pitch as well, by the looks of things. But no, I'll put him there because I think he's he's been great for them. And he's, like, yeah. he's, he's the prime example of a good captain leading from the front, isn't he? Did you have him on, on your list at all, either of you? I didn't. I'll no. Going on to, well, my number three is Villa as well. Oh, okay. Ollie Ollie Watkins, nine yeah. goals, eight assists. I'd to put a Villa player in there. McGinn was definitely one I thought of as well, but I think I've, I went with Watkins because of, of the numbers, I think. And I, I think he's just a really good forward as well. So, mm-hmm. bit of everything, basically. Just, just what you want. And I think if he got injured, maybe that's where... Villa could be weak because you don't. Re- I don't really think they've got anyone behind him, have they? Really, not of any similar sort of no. standing, to be honest. And the way that they play, they need really need yeah. like someone like it reminds me of like how Solanke is a uh, um, yeah Bournemouth, isn't it? Well, it's just what you want. You want a striker has got good good physicality, good speed. You know, like I said, eight assists, works hard for his teammates. Puts, puts goals on plate for other people and scores goals himself. He's probably the maybe the backup to Kane in the English. Yeah. So I suppose there's a lot of players who it could be that them, but he's probably at least on form and on this season he's got the best case for it, I think. Yeah. He's my number one. Watkins. Yeah, Watkins. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's good good shout that is. Anything else to add from for that? Um, no, as, as, as Sam said, with the nine goals and eight assists, I mean, for a striker in 20 games to get eight assists is, you know, is very impressive. Yeah. Um, I, I think at the, when we did the start of the season and talking about the place to look out for, I said about Diaby, mm-hmm. you know, um, Villa, and, you know, Diaby's not been playing all the time. He's, yeah. he, and he has been good, but, you know, Ollie Watkins has is, is just shined in that, in that Aston Villa team. Um, and as you say, Sam, I, I, I think he's he's definitely number two um, behind Kane for England, especially with this season, like with, you know, um, Wilson being injured for a lot of the season for Newcastle and, and Ivan Tony being banned. Yeah. He's kind of really pushed that and sort of gone, well, he, I, this, you know, I'm the I'm the next one. So he'll be the, yeah, he'll be definitely be number two behind Kane. Yeah, I mean, I think last year he got quite a lot of criticism, didn't he, about his yeah. shooting? Uh, he's shooting and I think he's really got his head down. I think there's a coach there as well that's he's spoken to and he's really sort of uh, worked on it, on his actual finishing. And uh, yeah. it's really coming, coming to bear fruit now, isn't it? So that's great. 
that's helped on and into the net. It just had to be. The former Brentford striker Ollie Watkins inflicts more misery on his former club. So he was your number one. Yep. So, yeah. So, how your number two? Uh, mine's gone. It was uh, Solanke. Yeah, mine's gone as well. So, mine was Song. Mine was Song as well. Okay, so yours was Watkins. Yep. Did we fly through this? And mine hasn't been picked yet, and it's Julian Alves from Man City. Mm-hmm. Now, Haaland's obviously been, been injured for a couple of months, and I think he's gone through really below the radar on this, of what he actually does for Man City to support the De Bruyne injury as well. If you see the work rate he puts in, he's fantastic. He's, uh, he's so energetic. Most of the time, he makes the right sort of decisions. He's very um, flexible in positions to play as well. And I think he's won every trophy that he can win in world football as well. At the age of 23, he's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. But um, if you look at his Premier League stats, he's scored six goals in 19 matches, six assists. Yeah. He's a goal a game in, in the Champions League with one, one assist. And obviously, he scored two goals, I think, in the final of the Cup, uh, World Club Cup. But I just think, he, similar to sort of like, again, he's just got so much energy. And he's, he's technically brilliant as well. Yeah. And it's just frustrating to that Man City lose Haaland, but then they can just bring in Alvarez instead. <laughs> but that's what, why I'll put him as number one. A bit of a left field one, because he doesn't get, I, I think, all the... <laughs> Yeah. that I think he probably deserves. Yeah, I, I left him off my list because I had him in my fantasy team and he's not got as many points in the last oh. uh, month. <laughs> you, can't put, you can't put personal grudges into this. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've actually taken him out now because I think I swapped yeah. him for Solanke. So. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Did you consider him there, Sam? I definitely consider him. But yeah. I, I didn't want to, you know, I, I didn't want, want to sort of like duplicate teams too much. Of course, of course. No, that's fine. No saying that. I've got number one. I've gone boring. Uh, Mo Salah. Have oh, you got Mo Salah? Did yeah. you? Okay. I think he is probably, you know, he is the best player in the league. And, it, you know, every season he's he racks up the goals. I think he's got 14 goals. I can't read it in my writing. I don't know if there's an eight or a six assists, but. I think since he's come to Liverpool, you're only talking Kevin, Kevin De Bruyne is probably the only player who's, I think, been as good as Mo Salah. Mm. And I think probably Mo Salah's been better with all the goals and stuff as well. Yeah. But he was eight, eight assists, mate. Eight, eight, yeah, yeah, 14 and eight, yeah. I mean, worrying though, though, Holland's got 14 goals as well and he's been injured for like a like month or two, but... I do, you know, it's a bit boring choice, I've got to admit. Like, I prefer your, your lot's choices. But, um, <laughs> I think he is just the best player in the league. So, I, I mean, uh, you've got to really pop your hat off to him because there's all this talk about him going to Saudi. He just seems like rejuvenated almost, isn't it? Sort of this year, he's really led the line well. Obviously, with the new Liverpool midfield, is he's, he's really sort of grabbed everyone by the scruff of the necks and told them how he wants it to be done. 
He's your first name on the list, isn't he? Every week, every week you can't leave him out. I think he'll want another crack at the Champions League, so I think he'll mm. still be there next season. Yeah. Like missing out on it this season, I yeah, of course. He'll, yeah. want more, he'll want one more go at it, so I, I, I can't yeah. see him leaving. And with his form, I think if he dipped in form this season, you might have thought, well, Liverpool might sort of Passion. take a big offer, but he's been so consistent for so long. I can't see him going in the summer. It'd have to take an astronomical bit to get him out. Yeah. Yeah, maybe if Liverpool won the league, maybe he'd think then that'd be a nice send-off. I don't know. Mm. But I think, like you say, he's, just, he's still too good to be sort of go, leaving, you know, the top level of the game. At the, yeah. It's not that old either. Thing, so. That's you want. Yeah. That's, you know, yeah. it's not it's not young. But it's it's definitely sort of you still got a lot in your legs at that age, I think. Yeah, and he could have he could have gone in the summer because Liverpool didn't have a great season last season. Yeah. So it could have been that he you know he thought well I'll leave now, but because they're improving, as you say, Chris, with the def- with the midfielders they brought in, like th- that team's only going to get better. So you know it's. Well, I don't know. Because I've been told. I mean, it, it's, it's Henderson, but. That one yeah. never really made sense either. Whereas maybe some, I don't know how it's like uh, Mane and Mares. Uh, are they getting on all right? I think I think so. But again, it's their culture, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's they're, what I mean. They're, they're like, sort yeah. of like massive in that. For Jordan yeah. Henderson, it just seems like that was just like, what are you doing? It, it seems like we're hearing less about the Saudi league now. Though, mm-hmm. like at the start of the season, you were sort of they were going, you know, oh, Mane scored or Firmino scored or whatever. Yeah. But recently, it's only been the Henderson thing that we're really hearing about, you know. Yeah, it's, it's very strange how it's gone quiet as well as we're into just hitting the transfer, January January transfer window. And there's not really been much action no. yet. Or they've not sort of gone, tried to go in for a yeah. player. Which seems to me whether they're losing maybe a bit of impetus or maybe they're just taking it up to the summer. Maybe they're yeah. thinking, well, if we wait to the summer, we can go in really hard again. Then, but it, it does seem a bit strange that a lot are moving back. But I think you probably will get that probably for the first couple of seasons, maybe. Yeah. But no, you have to put him at number one, one mate. You know, that he's had a fantastic season. I think we've all got some good lists there, differing players. Yeah. Like I said, if anyone wants to message us on Twitter or or X, if you want to call it, then please do so at VA out of the bar 2022 um, with your top three, or if you want to give us your top 10, that'd be great. But yeah, that's about it then, lads. Thanks a lot for joining me tonight. Thanks, Amazon. And um, we'll again probably get another couple of podcasts. We'll hope to be a bit more active this year than I have been over the last couple of years. And um, go from there, guys. But like I say, that's uh, me saying goodbye then. See you yes, later now. Bye. See you, Sam. Bye. See you later.